The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Movies and TV Shows. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, where we will discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings of this movie. Joining me today on the panel are Shelly Kelly. Hey, Shelly. Hello, Dom. And Thomas Salerno. Hey, Thomas. Hi there, Dom. Uh, Folks, we'd love for you to help us out by writing a review of the podcast at Apple Podcast or give it a rating, a review, wherever you can do that online. Spotify does that as well. And share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow our community, this audience. Uh, You know, we've been doing this for a while. Uh, We've got lots of great movies that we're good and TV shows that we're going to be talking about coming up. You don't want to miss it. And you want to share that with your friends and families. Uh, And uh, we've got some great uh, Christmas stuff coming up later this year, for instance. So uh, be sure to let everyone know about it. We really appreciate it. And another show on the network you're sure to enjoy is called Raising the Bets. It's a show that I do with my wife, Melanie. And you can find that wherever fine podcasts are found or at SQPN dot com slash bets that's b-e-t-t-s but this time we're talking about indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull also known as indiana jones 4 uh before we get into it let me give you a brief recap of what happens in this movie it's the 1960s and about 20 years after the ark of the covenant was recovered by indiana jones and now it's not the nazis he needs to worry about but soviets commies who've raided the warehouse of government secrets to steal an alien body and then make Indiana Jones help them until he escapes and survives an atomic blast, blah, blah, blah. Uh, They track him to his university, where he also runs into a greaser named Mutt Williams, who is clearly the son of Indiana Jones and Marion Ravenwood. They follow the trail of Indy's old colleague and Mutt's stepfather to Peru in search of a crystal skull that leads them to a lost city in the jungle, full of video game obstacles, and eventually a boss level that resurrects aliens and their spaceship, the end. (laughs) I got only one correction for you. Uh, What's that? It's 1957. Is it? Because... Oh, Oh, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay, Wikipedia says 57. Okay. And that's an interesting point, uh, because while this movie came out in 2008, so almost... 40 years out, uh, th- no, 30 years after, nearly 30 years after it, it the, the Raiders Lost Ark came out. Um, it's only about 20 years in the, in movie universe time. Uh, and, you know, Harrison Ford's looking a little older than 20 years older. It's, it's not the years, it's the miles, as he says, I guess. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the movie came out in 2008, which was kind of surprising to me. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, did I, I assume you all saw this when it was in theaters, right, Thomas? Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I distinctly remember going to see this with my brother when it came out. And yep. I remember being hugely disappointed (laughs) i I distinct i was 20 years old when this movie came out and i was kind of an angsty 20 year old who loved to pick apart everything he didn't like about movies 
And I'm, I distinctly remember after the movie ends, my brother and I are sitting in the lobby waiting for our dad to pick us up. And I just laid into this movie about everything <laughs> I didn't like about it. And I have some interesting things to to say later, because my opinion on this movie has actually changed drastically since then. I don't think you're alone in that. Uh, but first, uh, we asked uh, Shelley, how about you? I, I assume you're a big Indiana Jones fan. So I assume you were waiting breathlessly for this movie to come out. Yes. And and like Thomas, I I was not in my 20s, <laughs> but I was very much looking forward to it and very disappointed. And I look back on that now and think that I wanted it to be just like the last crusade and yes. Raiders of the lost Ark, And yes. it wasn't. And I'm sure we're going to get into why it wasn't and how it was different. It's because it was an even numbered one. Cause the even number ones aren't good. That's that's <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> well, and I agree. I think I was so hyped for this movie. I mean, last crusade was so good. I mean, Sean Connery, Harrison Ford. It was just couldn't you couldn't it couldn't have asked for a better movie. It was so good. And then this came out and it was set in a different time. It had different enemies like Indiana Jones fights Nazis. I mean, that's what he does. And it, in fact, it, it was the story was based on and I, I'm I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit. We'll get into it. But the story is the whole Indiana Jones idea is based on this the early 1940s late 1930s serials so it's of a time and a place and now it wasn't part of that time and place and that sort of thing so um i think the hype got so built up and then it didn't live up to that and it wasn't the same but i have to like to say to you like i've i i know i've seen it since it was in theaters but not very often and watching it again for this recording i have to say I liked it a lot better. There was uh, the humor was there. I uh, the the a lot of the gags were pretty good. Um, I mean, it still had flaws. Well, don't get me wrong. There's still flaws in this story, but it's a lot better than I remembered. And and I'm glad for that because Indiana Jones is one of my favorite characters in all of fiction. Um, so uh, just, just to say that up front. I hadn't seen it since the original viewing in the theater. At all. And yeah. so 2008, we're recording this in 2022. You do the math. And watching it for this episode was the first time I'd seen it since the theater. And wow. I liked it much better. I, I'm almost a little cringy to say that, but <laughs> I'm a different person. I'm in a different place. And I looked at it with completely different eyes and different expectations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I had I had a very similar reaction. I've seen it maybe once, perhaps twice since seeing it in the theater, but I haven't seen it in several years now. And just I I I tried to go into this with as open a mind as possible because my my I found recently that my mind has changed on other movies that I didn't like at in that age, like, you know, my mind has changed on say like Phantom Menace. Like I love that movie a lot more now than I did when I was hmm. younger. So like I, I'm like, OK, I'll go into Indiana Jones four with, you know, as clear a head as possible and just see if I enjoy it. And I did. I was entertained throughout the whole movie. There's some stuff that is just bizarre choices that they made. <laughs> and yeah, but overall, I, I was entertained like you, Dom. I, I thought a lot of the humor was there, which was which was a huge thing for me. Indiana Jones has a flavor of humor that you just need mm -hmm. to get right in an indie movie. Uh, I liked a lot of the action set pieces. 
Um, some of the effects were really good, and but some of the CGI also looked terrible. So, right. But right. overall, I, I really enjoyed this movie, you know, in not having seen it in, oh, at, at least five or six years, I haven't seen this movie. So, right. So uh, I should mention, of course, it's uh, directed by Steven Spielberg. The story is by George Lucas. That was interesting. Produced by George Lucas and Kathleen Kennedy. So uh, the, you know, the brain trust behind Star Wars really has a, you know, a deep, you know, uh, 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 they're deeply embedded in this story, which is interesting. Um, So the first shot of the movie really establishes we're in a different time, right? We've got the, uh, this military convoy and we've got a hot rod with, you know, some kids in it. And they're they're blasting Elvis Presley, right? It's so That's it's George Lucas right there. Yes. It's uh, American it, Graffiti. Yes. yes. It is. And and not just American Graffiti. It's a little deuce coupe. Right. It's a nineteen thirty-two Ford Redster with a rumble seat. Mm-hmm. And that is the car that was being that was racing against Harrison Ford in American Graffiti. And American Graffiti is Harrison Ford's first movie with George Lucas. It's yep. the one that got him the role in Star Wars working with him and ironically it's racing against a 1954 deluxe which is not the car harrison ford drove but if you watch it harrison ford is in that 1950 car he's just in the trunk yes he is (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right Uh, and also dom we we've talked in previous um podcasts about indiana jones about that paramount logo dissolving into um a mountain or something that looks like it. If yep. you notice, it dissolves into basically a groundhog mound. Yes. And they're playing, you ain't nothing but a hound dog. And there's that groundhog that comes scrambling up out of it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the prairie dog farm was there. Yeah. And yeah, that was, that was funny. Yeah. They always have to dissolve the Paramount logo. And I mean, they're they're making Indiana Jones five and Paramount is now, you know, I mean, I don't even know if they're still, being made by Paramount or if Paramount is even the logo, but they got to have it. Like <laughs> If they don't do it, it'll be wrong. Anyways, that's, that's, that's Indiana Jones five. Um, so you have these, like these Russians uh, disguised as American soldiers, like an American military convoy um, attacking an American military base, you know, uh, that's about to go through an atomic weapons test. Like, that seems ill-advised because, you know, like they would think that uh, security might be really high or something. Uh, security apparently is, is really weak at this this base. But um, it, 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 you don't you, you don't dig into the premise a little t- too much at this point. Right. I mean, even previously, the good Indiana Jones movies, some, there were times you just didn't dig into the premise too much just because it wasn't particularly realistic. But nevertheless, uh, I just I had to point that out. Yeah. Uh, and you you caught that they turned off at the atomic cafe. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also in this movie, Kate Blanchett as outrageous evil. Actually, she's a Soviet, but she says she's Ukrainian, which is interesting. Scientist. I mean, she's she's basically Natasha from Boris and Natasha. I mean, she get that 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 you know the this um, <laughs> that accent that's and, and she's a psychic. She's got these psychic powers, which is a lot of fun. Um, and they're at the the secret government warehouse where the Ark was stored, which we will we we end up seeing the Ark uh, later on. And Indy's being betrayed 
by his friend. Um, I forget the the, the character's name, but uh, um, Mac. Mac, that's right. His his friend Mac has turned on him, but it turns out that Mac is actually a double agent. He's or a triple agent, maybe if you think about it. Um, well, he and, says he lied about that later in the movie. That he lied about being a triple agent. Yeah, well, he says I lied about being a double agent. Right. Yes. So he's he he's all over the place in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think he just forgets. He's just after the, <laughs> the gold. You know, he's, he's just kind of after the, the gold because he has this bad gambling habit. And he, he leads with that pretty early on. You know, I'll bet you 500 we get out of this. And then right. what's his name? Dovchenko shows up. He's like, yeah, maybe 100. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they're in the secret government warehouse and they they want him to locate a particular thing and they know what it is. Um, and it turns out that Indy was at Roswell in 47 during the uh, Roswell incident. And so he, uh, uh, it really was aliens, of course. And he helped them, you know, cover it up and recover the alien body at the time. And so they want him to find the alien body that's in the warehouse. And he knows that there's this particular characteristic of it, that it's very magnetic, which I'm sorry. This whole magnetic thing is just kind of dr- no. drove me a little crazy. Um, Does that work? Yeah, that's not how it, how it, it works. I mean, he uses gunpowder to locate it. Like gunpowder is not magnetic. It's not like it doesn't have iron in it. There's also, nothing... <laughs> are 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 hand grenades filled with black powder? Yeah, I'm like I I don't think because those were fragmentation grenades, and I'm like I don't think they're just filled with raw black powder. I thought it was. Some other kind of explosive. No, no, they're filled. They're filled with. I think they are the World War. Well, I don't think the World War Two, but I think that era, the the pineapple grenades might have been filled with with oh, gunpowder. Okay. But gunpowder doesn't have anything in it that's magnetic, like it. Right, <laughs> and, and like they're walking around with, you know, I mean, they do attempt to show like have their dog tags floating and that sort of stuff, but they got you know belt buckles and like the way as magnetic as it was, like their guns should have been flying out of their hands, you know. Mm. Yeah. And you're telling me not one secret KGB Soviet soldier dressed as an American has a compass? Right. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 Compass would have done it. Um, it, but that's that's what it is. It's the campiness of it. Yes, it you is. Know. It is. I don't know where you want to talk about it, but yeah. where the 1930s movies or the the movies set in the late 30s were serials. You know, and we we've talked right. about that at length. This is a, this is a classic B movie. Yes, this is your sci-fi horror flick B movie. That and I don't know how much you know, but the. The B movies were like the the second billing movies that were made by low budget studios to be showed with uh, double features back in the day when, you know, your parents say, well, when I was a kid in the 50s, we'd go for a nickel or a dime and we'd get in and see a double feature. That's what these B movies were. And and think about the sci-fi at the time, you know, the blob. Um, Mm -hmm. What were some of the creature from the Black Lagoon? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So when you think of that, in comparison, it starts to make the movie a little more palatable. It's right. supposed to be campy. Right. You know, they're not supposed to have a compass. Gunpowder is suddenly magnetic. <laughs> right, right. And and again, I think that's one of the reasons what people didn't get. That's what Spielberg was trying to do 
yeah. when they saw this movie and then they were like, that's completely implausible. This doesn't work. Why are you doing this? And it's we're doing this because this is how movies used to be. They, they didn't take themselves so seriously. And uh, and, and so, yes, that's true. Um, th- they show everything that's iron in the wa- warehouse bending toward it and all this, you know, this sort of stuff. But the hero, he knows how to find it and, and uses these magnetic properties to you know, to turn the tables on his captors and so uh, so on and so forth. Um, And, you know, we get another truck chase, which is awesome in the warehouse. Right. Yeah, Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, That's cool. And, you know, they they go through a stack of boxes and smash through them. And we see one of the boxes they smash through and we see a little corner of the Ark of the Covenant. Covenant. And we get the music, the uh, that the creepy music from the Ark, from uh, the original from Raiders. Did you notice? They played that the minute they opened the warehouse doors. So they opened the doors and you've got that 51. So right yes. there, you know, we're That's in Area 51. 51. Right. right. Non-existent, doesn't it? And so when the doors open, the whole Ark of the Covenant theme is playing. Right. And it's like that creepy, you know, back goosebumps up the back of your neck, your hair raises, kind of like, mm. Yes. And I read somewhere they used the same stencils to make the boxes that they had used in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Wow. So they wanted to match it exactly. Yeah, and of course they play the music because they want you to you want you to know this is where we are. And I think it's a great move. I think using the music, of course John Williams does the music, using that fantastic music to tell to part, tell the story. Spielberg knows he's got a master storytelling element in John Williams. You might as well use him for that. And that's what they do. Um so he ends up on a, a, a through all of the craziness, a rocket sled into the desert with the other guy, which again, you know, it's it's campy because you'd never be able to survive that. Um, <laughs> well, and he's doing all his age jokes too. Like yeah. I used to be able to do this. Oh wait, no, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yes. And is it his friend Max? You know, they're like he's not going to be able to do this. And Max, like you don't know him. Yes, <laughs> well, he's just reminding us. <laughs> I like to actually kind of rewind a bit when we first see him, he kind of like his, they open the trunk and we don't see his face and they pull this guy out and you see the hat rolling across the ground and then you see him stand and he's like in shadow and you see him put the hat on and that iconic Indiana Jones, he puts the hat on. He's there. He's the. It's like it's like Superman, like taking off the suit and taking off the glasses. You know, he's now Indiana Jones, uh, and so that I I, I did yeah. love that. Yeah, but yeah, there yeah, was but, age jokes and that that sort of stuff. It's not the romantic entrance that we're used to with Indiana Jones. He doesn't step out into the light, or it, it, it's that shadow, like you said, that, right. that makes it different. Yes, although it's similar to the one from from Raiders when he first sees Marion in the in the bar, it's his shadow cast on the wall. Um, yeah, they use that element a few times throughout this movie. I noticed. Yes, they did. Uh, so he's ended up somehow in the uh, atomic test zone in the the <laughs> village, and it's like, would they build the villages to that detail? I mean these these village the, the, this, these houses have stuff in the fridge, and the, the TV, TV is, is on. on. Yeah, there's like, no water inside, but there's water outside. running outside, <laughs> and and they gave it a name. The t- the they village. Called it- Doom Town. It was on the sign. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And they're Doom playing Town. Howdy Doody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. So, 
Yeah. And then, of course, you know, the, the, the you hear the siren. He realizes what's going on. And the infamous surviving the, the atomic blast inside <laughs> a refrigerator. Ow. Which is a death trap. <laughs> yes, yes. But, you know, I look at back on it going, that's that's no less plausible, say, than, you know, hanging on to a submarine periscope across traveling across the Mediterranean. You oh. know, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, it's kind of silly, but, you know. Well, was can fun. we talk for just a second about that nuclear detonation? Because I remember in the theater when that happened and he survived in the lead lined refrigerator, that that's when they lost me. Was uh, yeah. I did not appreciate. I had young children at the time. I didn't appreciate seeing a nuclear blast. I definitely didn't appreciate seeing what it did to people. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't watched that since. What was that movie, Dom, when we were younger? Um, the day after. Day after tomorrow. Oh, my God. The mom. day after. Just the day after. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Jonathan so, Robard, yeah. So yeah, I Jason watched this Robard, with yeah, my ten-year-old yeah. son, and he saw that, and he was shocked. He was like, "That's what a nuclear bomb does to people." <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, yeah. So we had to have a talk about it. Oh so, wow! Yeah. Then there were several other scenes where my ten-year-old either hid his eyes or left the room until he said it was okay to go. <laughs> Again, it's like it's the odd versus even Indiana Jones movies because Temple of Doom was like that too. There was yeah, Temple of Doom had some intense visual stuff. I mean, you guy, your bad guys beating kids, hearts getting ripped out of chests. I mean, that was intense, and it's like this isn't the same as Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, you had snakes and spiders on that one, but that was about it. I mean. It was the guy, the Nazi getting hit by the propeller, but it was off screen, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And this one was PG-13 also. I had to yeah. look it up. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. And then there was controversy at the time about, you know, showing him climbing into a fridge. That's a terrible message to send to kids. You should never go inside of refrigerators or oh. death traps. Yeah. But, but you know. Um, so in any case, he does survive the blast. Um, and then we get this this he's being uh, interrogated by these FBI guys who they feel a lot like the two FBI guys from Raiders. Right. There's a lot. There's some similarity even in the dialogue, um, the way that they but it's more antagonistic as opposed to. Um, uh, oh, informative. The war. Right. Well, well, yeah, Indiana was in, he says he was in the OSS, which is right. a precursor to the CIA. Yep. And in 1957, we're at the end of the second Red Scare. Um, we're at the end of the McCarthyism. And um, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg have already been tried. Um, it's definitely a, a different time period. Yes. So FBI and CIA, we're talking, um, oh, what's his name? J. Edgar Hoover. Yep. Those guys are bitter enemies. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So they're even questioning whether he deserved his many medals. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like, if I was Indy, I, I would have gone for that guy's throat yes. at that point. <laughs> yeah, if the other guy hadn't showed up, I think that would have happened. Um, Because he was... um. He he was fired for his involvement with the Russian affair. Is that was something along those lines? I wrote a note about that. What was that about? They said the FBI pressured the school into firing him. Oh, right, right, right. That's what it was. He gets back to the university. Sorry, I, did, I lost my train of thought there. He gets back to the university and the new dean, because um, uh, his old friend has passed on uh, in, in the meantime, and the new dean, uh, Dean Stanforth, tell you know tells indy that 
the university is, is capitulated and they have to fire you and also resigned in protest himself, you know, because they were old friends. Um, so yeah. Yeah. they put him on indefinite leave with a full salary. Right. Yeah. That's what he tenured. negotiated. Right. Because right. he's tenured. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Indy's going to go, you know, follow up on you know the 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 soviets and what's going on he's he's gonna but in the meantime he gets approached by this young man a greaser which at the time means a guy who wears leather jackets and rides motorcycles and is you know a little bit rebel without a cause sort of thing uh i I was gonna say fonzie from happy days but that would totally date me so i'm not gonna say that (laughs) um but uh he shows up because he's been sent by his mother unnamed at this point to Indy to help him find Indy's former colleague, Professor Harold Oxley, who is uh, Mutt Williams's stepfather. And they, they, uh, they have this chase through the university, which is, I don't know you think it's like Yale or Princeton. I mean, it's, I think it's supposed to be like Yale. The, it's the Yale. Yeah. It's Yale because, um, and we skipped the whole scene in the um, shop, the restaurant, the cafe. Yeah. But it's Yale because um, Spielberg's son was going there at the time. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So they got permission so, to film there. Yeah. Uh, Theo, his son Theo was studying there at Yale. And so they used that. But one of the things I wanted to show you was you've already kind of, I can't spoil a movie from 2008, but <laughs> uh, we know that this is Indiana Jones's son. Right. And, the first time he sees him, he calls him old man. Yes. Which yeah. is a euphemism for dad. For dad, yes, yeah. <laughs> they go into like a malt shop or a, 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 a I'll, I'll say malt shop. Sure. And you said Happy Days a minute ago. Yeah. It's called Arnie's. Mm. And that's got to be a throwback to Happy Days. Yes. Arnold's. Arnold's yeah. was Happy Days, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, then there's another couple, there's another, uh, that's where they give all the backstory. So that's right. where we, we learn. Uh, who's it? What's it? Um, but the girl that that fights him when they're leaving, he, he hits the guy to get away from the the, K, the FBI guys. The KGB guys. Goes with, yeah. goes with the KGB guys. Sorry. Yeah. He hits him, and the girl turns around and says, "That's my boyfriend." And she slugs him. That's yeah. Steven Spielberg's daughter. Oh, awesome! Oh, cool. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, so I, I, we should go over some of the some of the backstory. We get a big info dump at this point in this mall shop. Um, so Mutt says his the story he's been told is his he's an orphan whose dad died in the war, and Oxley adopted him, and Oxley's life is in danger. He was looking for the Mitchell Hedges crystal skull, which is a thing actually. Yeah. There is the crystal skulls. I I should have brought Jimmy Aiken on to talk about it, but crystal skulls are are real. Uh, they don't look like the ones in the movie necessarily. There, there have been some claimed that look like that, but in general, they look like human skulls. And some of them are pretty mysterious. Like, how, how did they make them? You know, they, they, it doesn't seem to be, and they're they're quite old, and it's kind of unclear how they could have carved them and that they didn't fall apart with such detail. Uh, and so they had certain techniques and skills that we don't understand today. Um, so the, the, there was the Mitchell hedges crystal skull was, was the one they mentioned, but that looks like a human skull uh, that they, they talk about. Um, and people claim that it has like special mystical properties and that sort of stuff. Uh, I don't know, maybe, but uh, maybe not. Um, 
so and then they mention that uh, Oxley was looking. So Oxley specializes in hunting down crystal skulls. Uh, they mentioned El Dorado, which in the Amazon, which is a mythical city of gold that the Spaniards were looking for in South America. And the legend is that if the crystal skull is returned to El Dorado, the person who does so will be rewarded with power over the city and the city's mystical abilities, mystical powers, which is why the Russians, like the Soviet, like the Nazis, they're looking for an edge in the Cold War, that sort of thing. So that's why they want it. So um, when the KGB shows up, Mutt brandishes a knife. Did you notice this? But the the KGB have guns and Indy says, you brought a knife to a gunfight? You know what that's a reference to, right? So it was uh, Sean Connery in The Untouchables. Uh, says that to, uh, you know, oh, yeah uh, uh, you leave it i forget what he says leave it to they, whatever to bring bring a knife, you bring a gun yeah uh, something like that he, he, right he, yeah when he's training the guys to go out there yes yes so mm-hmm. yeah leave it to bring a knife to a gunfight <laughs> did you notice the role reversal when they're sitting at the table Here's Mutt. He's in this, you know, black leather jacket and sli- he's always slicking back his hair and yep. he looks like the young rebel. And here's Indiana and he's in his tweed suit and he looks just like his father. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah. that's right. He's And he's very proper, very much a professor. Yep. Yep. Um, no. And he's like, well, now come calm down. You don't have to get sore all the time just to prove how tough you are. And, and then, uh, and they start that fight, and I wanted to start singing. When you're a jet, you're a jet. <laughs> <laughs> you get up there, and it's the socials and the greasers, and they're just going. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. That's a West Side Story breaks out in the middle of the movie, which Spielberg <laughs> then does a version of West Side Story. Um, yeah, so we get this motorcycle chase. They run outside. They get a hop on a motorcycle. They 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 get this motorcycle chase. The they end up going through an anti-communist rally yeah. where one <laughs> of the KGB cars. Red. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they they hit the Marcus Brody statue where the head rolls off and it smashes into the the, the car. Um, uh, they they ride the motorcycle into the library, and one of the students like yeah. <laughs> kind of nonplussed. Uh, Professor Jones, I had this question about such and such. He's like, "Look, if you want to be a good archaeologist, you need to get out of the library." And then he races out on a motorcycle. Like, okay, I that guess was great. The, I like people that. expect that from uh, from Indiana Jones. Yeah, and that uh, that student that asked him the question, he's the son of another famous actor we all know. Who's that? Is it's it's Chet Hanks. He's the son of Tom Hanks. Oh, now Chet Hanks wasn't the um the in the offer, which was a recent series about the making of the Godfather. It was a, there was a Hanks, and I I think it was Colin Hanks. I think it was that one. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's another Hanks uh, of that family. So interesting. You can tell that Spielberg and Lucas were under a lot of pressure from probably their children. <laughs> to make this movie. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. Well, and well, from everybody because, you know, Indiana Jones was such a great story, a great property, a big money maker, so I'm sure the the uh, the, the studios were behind it. Yeah. I think they had a, a four or five movie deal originally signed with Paramount to make to make the movies. Yes. Um, and there in the middle there they did um The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Right, right. Which they reference show. In this movie, yeah, I, I, I like I didn't catch it at first. I had to look it up later. But when in a later scene, when he's talking to Mutt, he talks about Indy says he was kidnapped by Pancho Villa. 
when he was like in his teenage years. And I was like, is that a reference to young Indiana Jones? And apparently that's the that's part of the plot of the pilot. Yeah, I looked it up later. Like I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. So at least one episode of that show is canonical in in the movie universe. (laughs) Probably the only episode of that series that I ever saw. I I am so disappointed because I only ever saw a few episodes of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I think because it was at a time where I didn't have cable. I was living, you know, as a college and in the mid nineties, and cable was not ubiquitous in Steubenville, Ohio. So uh, I I, don't, I think that's about when it was when it was airing, and I just didn't get to see it. And I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan, and I never I never got a chance to watch that series. I really ought to go back and and give it a give it a try so to see what it was like. If you find it streaming. We can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it's on Paramount Plus. It would be. I'd have to take a look. See. Um, so they've got this letter from Harold Oxley. That's the, you know the clues. They got to decipher it, and it's written in an ancient language that only Indy can you know interpret because he's essentially Daniel Jackson from Stargate, which is, <laughs> which, frankly, Daniel Jackson is Indiana Jones. Jones let's be clear. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that's 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 clear. Um. It refers to the Nazca Lines in Peru, which is a real thing, real place. And the Nazca Lines are these uh, lithographs, giant uh, lithographs, these carvings in the stone of, a, of this plane. And they're so large that you can't see them from ground level. You have to be in the air to understand that it's a pet, that they, they made their, their photo, their pictures, they're, they made images. And some have claimed that that's proof that the uh, the Incas uh, knew either could fly or aliens visited them and helped them draw them. But I have to say, in in recent years, um, certain scientists have kind of proven that no, you don't have to be airborne to to to, to know what you to, to know the image that you're making. It is possible to make these images on the ground without being able to see them from above. And so the question is why? Well, because the gods live up there. I'm, we're drawing them for the gods, so you know that's why they would do it. So you don't have to posit aliens to, to do it. But in this, if it's a possibility that something is aliens, it's going to be aliens. Yep. I mean, this is, it's always aliens. Um, and so they they determine that the 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 Nazca lines is where the crystal skull that they're looking for is. So uh, and that's when they get to Peru. That's where Indy talks about Pancho Villa. And we get this uh, conversation with Mutt about his life and the fact that Mutt has dropped out of school and, you know, what what good is school? And Indy's like, oh, yeah, don't let anyone tell you, you know, force you to, to go to school or anything like that. You do what makes you happy, uh, which is funny because later on when he finds out he's his son, he's like, you go back to school. How'd you let him? Why'd you let him quit school? So, yeah, I thought that was great. The, the first thing he says after she says he's your son is, why'd you let him drop out of school? <laughs> Complete role reversal. Right, right. Um, I had a question about this section when. Yes. When they find uh, the, the crystal skull in the, the tomb of the conquistador, they say, at least this is how I interpreted it, that Ox found the skull there. He took the skull to El Dorado, but then returned it all the way back to the tomb. Did did I interpret that right? Because if I did, that's very confusing. Why would he do that? They, I don't think they ever explained that. Because he couldn't get past. He couldn't get in to the chamber. Oh, he couldn't get past. He got the... to a certain point and he couldn't get in. And then he realized that the KGB, the Soviets wanted it. 
So he returned it back. And then he sent the letter. And the letter was, um, I think the riddle was something like, oh, we said follow the lines. But right. it was to Oriana's cradle, guarded by the living dead. And uh, then he does the whole cradle. Cradle does I think we're right to the point where they're going into the sanatorium, aren't we? Right, right. yeah. And Mutt, for the first time, looks a little hesitant, a little scared, walking. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah. This is his first adventure experience where he's not driving the, the motorcycle or in control. Or, or Oh, speaking of, we did the plane thing, you know, with the map. Yes. Oh, and, and the music, did, yeah. Did you notice they were on a cargo plane, kind of like Temple of Doom? Yeah. And they brought the motorcycle. They brought the motorcycle for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for them to, like, zoom off of it, you know, like, when they jumped <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to bring that up a lot of times. There are going to be times where I'm watching it, I'm going, oh, this is just like a scene in Last Crusade. Oh, yeah. Last Crusade. This is just like The Well of Souls. Oh, this is just like... <laughs> Yeah. Right. Lots of callbacks. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're coming to a major one in a, in a few minutes. But, um, yeah, there, there are so many callbacks to the early movies. And that was criticized. You know, that kind of fan service was they some people felt like Spielberg went went to that well too much. Like he, he, he the movie was too derivative of the pre prime movies. It wasn't original enough. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, a beloved franchise. I did read somewhere that uh, Lucas had pitched the idea of doing this fourth movie as a 1950s sci-fi B yeah. with aliens. And he pitched it to Harrison Ford, who was like, yeah, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, and Spielberg had already done Close Encounters. He had done E.T. And they went ahead and wrote the script. And I don't know if it was the first writer or the second writer, because there was a, there were multiple writers on it. Um, but when they had the script ready, in 1996, a little movie called Independence Day came out. Right. Oh, is that and, why? And they dropped it because the alien market was completely saturated. Mm -hmm. And Lucas turned and did Star Wars prequels. Um, and it was actually Spielberg that came back around to it in the early 2000s. And he only came back to it when Lucas said, hey, what if we change it from extraterrestrials to interdimensional beings with this string theory thing? Uh, and right. that's when they finally were like okay we, we can make that i actually so. heard that the the original working title was indiana jones and the saucer men from mars kind of like a very <laughs> 50s b movie kind of yeah. title which they actually reference at one point in this movie that when they're talking about the aliens they're like you mean saucer men from mars and i'm like oh, oh i'm like i see what you did there you referenced the working title Right. I, I saw a YouTube clip about like behind the scenes and every time they had the little clipboard that goes, you know, smack mm -hmm. the, the timer thing. Um, it said genre on the clipboard. Oh. That was the code name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, there was a lot of secrecy surrounding the, this, the film, the, the, they, um, you know, again, this was early days of social media. So they, they were trying to, you know, keep it, quiet so the fake titles that they registered for this movie the city of gods the destroyer of worlds the fourth corner of the earth the lost city of gold and the quest for the covenant uh so they they you know they were they were looking to keep it quiet they also were trying to um hide uh karen allen's uh involvement in the movie they wanted to keep marion's return a secret and so it yeah there was a lot of um there was it was a lot of attempts to keep a lot of secrecy. You know, it's not like the Internet had been around with movies, but 
Twitter and Facebook were all pretty new at this point, and there was, it was it was getting harder and harder to keep the secrecy with these movies. That's right. I've gotten that this came out in 2008, and that was the first year we. That was Twitter. That's when I joined. That's when I joined Facebook. Yeah. So. Twitter was two thousand. Came out in two thousand seven. Facebook opened up to the general audience, to the general public. I think in oh seven or oh eight, around there. So that was the beginning of social media. So, uh, so you know, they're they're in this uh, sanitarium in in Peru where uh, Oxley has left the, these clues carved into his cell. Um, and, you know, this map to Oriano's grave, and like you mentioned, they go to the graveyard and uh, they're attacked by crazy monkey skull people. <laughs> yep, took my son out of the room for that. Just, yeah. just honey. Go get something. Go get a snack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are these crazy monkey skull people? Yeah. <laughs> Who are these people? It was kind of weird. Like, uh, but okay. Uh, they they protect the cemeteries, uh, you know? <laughs> and they, they shoot out. poison darts. Yeah. Which was kind of like, and especially in the scene with them again at the end. Yeah. Did you not get flashbacks to the beginning the, of Raiders? With the, the Jovitos. You know? Yes. The Jovitos, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and when he's in the sanatorium, he's sweeping the floor of the cell. Did you think X marks the spot, like in the Last oh, Crusade, because yeah. he goes that's up right. high and looks down? That's right. <laughs> that's that's another another callback. Um, so and they go into the the the, the, the where tunnel the, where the burial is. Yep. And don't you think it's a dark and stormy night? It's just like the Well of Souls, right? Mm-hmm. Or like you know, underneath the Venice when they were going in the you know the catacombs there. That's what I thought yeah. of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sim- yeah. Similarities. Um, I, I I liked the uh, the tilting table, uh, uh, you know, the gateway that he had to figure out there. That was pretty good. Um, so they they end up getting uh, captured by the Russians again and taken to Peru. I guess they weren't in Peru at this point. They were in um, or were they? I think I have my note. They were taken to Peru, but uh, were they in another country, Chile or no? They, they were in Peru, but they were. I think they were near Cusco. The oh, capital. they took them to, and then they get Brazil. taken. Yeah, to like Amazonia. They took them to yeah. Iquitos, and then they went up the Amazon by boat to a place called Illa Aramaca. Okay, that's what I wrote down from watching the map. The map, yes. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then that's where Doctor Creepy Lady talks about how the Roswell alien <laughs> skeleton is made of pure crystal. <laughs> just she's what? just super creepy. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Doctor Creepy Lady. She was super creepy. Um, Kate Blanchett, great job. Um, a little uh, foreshadowing of uh, her as Hela in the, the Thor uh, right. Ragnarok. Of course, um, since now, since then, all I think of her as is as Governor Orinda Price from Star Wars Rebels, because that character looks just <laughs> like her character. from Same haircut. Yeah. Yes, same haircut. Yes, exactly. Um, so... We get this talk about the uh, the pure crystal uh, skeletons, which is I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and we find uh, we meet Oxley. He, he played by John Hurt. Great actor. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, and uh, he is insane. He was turned insane by looking into the eyes of the eye sockets of the skull. And they want uh, Jones to do the same thing to make a psychic connection so that he can find the the the, the lost city. Which is why does it have to be Indy? Like why why couldn't it be someone else? I forget. I know he said if you uh, if you want it so bad, why don't you do it yourself? Something like that. And she says the skull does not speak to everyone. 
And I took that to mean that she tried yeah. and she failed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, but I love the idea that that you know again, the Nazis wanted the Ark for its power to control the world, um, and here we've got the Soviets. And, and make make sure we have a distinction between the Russians and the Soviets. So yeah. you mentioned earlier she was from the Eastern Ukraine, but she was in the Soviet Union. Yes. Um, uh, is she's she's talking about this creepy? I mean, you're right. Creepy was the word. Yeah. They've got that real tight zoom in on her face, and she's looking almost right into the camera. She's talking about peering across the world and knowing the secrets of your enemy, and putting yourself in the minds of your leaders, and, and yep. teaching your children, and and the soldiers are going to attack, and we're going to change you, and you're just like, oh. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, Stranger Things. Hello, Eleven. <laughs> yeah, oh, the, no, I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. that's that's right out of Stranger Things. Also right out of uh, Project Stargate, which is a, a real thing that the U.S. Air Force did back in the 1980s and 90s, uh, which Jimmy Aiken and I have talked about, uh, which was a remote viewing program where they they wanted to, they, they were trying to use psychic ability to see in far distances, not manipulate, not, you know, mind control per se, but I wouldn't put it past them. Uh, but, uh, but the, the, you know, ostensibly it was about remote viewing of things. So, um, so interesting, like connections to real world things that have happened. There was a, a movie and a book called the men who stare at goats based. It was kind of loosely based on, on that. Um, so yeah, she wants psychic warfare to be modern warfare. This is the new way of fighting wars. Yeah, that she thinks. So then we have um the reveal, you know, how are they going to force them to do it? Oh, we have something to use against you. And we have the big reveal of Marion and then the reveal the, the next reveal which is Marion is Mutt's mom and then the next reveal where the the penny drops for Indy starts doing some math and says Wait a minute, is he? And yes, he is. Uh, yeah. So yeah. But uh, when they when they first introduced Marion, did you not love the way that they both kind of grin at each other like flirty little teenagers? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Did yes. you catch that? She comes in and she's just so cute. And this works. You know, when we talked about Temple of Doom and the the Kate Capshaw character going back and forth, back and forth, and it doesn't work. But when when they bring out Marion Ravenwood, aka Mary Williams. It's cute. And it's like same old, same old. Yep. (laughs) There's a chemistry there that that isn't in with any of the other female characters, whether it's in Last Crusade for a good reason or or Cape Cashaw in 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 uh, uh, Temple of Doom. But there's that chemistry. And she had the same kind of little smile in Raiders when she first sees him in Mongolia or Tibet or whatever it was um, where he walks in. You know, she's mad at him. But there's still that little smile there. And, you know, Indiana Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then, bam, it socks him on. And and the action really just starts right there. And first, we didn't mention that that Mutt, you know, is very disturbed. He's distraught that his his um, the man who has raised him. I don't think they were married. Yeah. But the man who has been his father figure all his life is lost to him and he's actually getting emotional over it. Um, very much a father son movie here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they end up in that quicksand. Oh no, I'm sorry. He corrected it. It was a dry, dry sand. sand pit. Yeah. And then he's like pontificating all the things. And she's like, <laughs> that was funny. 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> and she tells him his name is Henry. Henry Jones the third. And that's when he blows up. Why didn't you make him finish school? <laughs> yes. And I'm sitting there laughing. Oh my gosh. You know, when, when they reveal at the end of last crusade that we named the dog Indiana, right? You know, what's this junior business? And now here's mutt. Mutt. Right. Henry's it's a dog's son name. is Mutt. Right. <laughs> a name I chose, just like his father chose Indiana. Yeah. Right. If that I remember correctly, yeah. in Indiana was actually the name of one of George Lucas's dogs. And that's mm -hmm. where that comes from. Oh, funny. That's, funny. That's good. Uh, we had uh, scorpions earlier, and then now we're back to snakes when Mutt brings back the snake. <laughs> the snake to pull them out of the pit. And Mary is just like grabbing the snake and going right out. And, and, and Indiana's just like, nope, 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 nope. Say it's a rope. I'd rather die. <laughs> say it's a rope. Say it's a rope. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hawks go get help. And you're like, where's he going to get help? Except from the Soviet KGB people. Right. And sure enough, here That's, he comes back. I love he just comes help. back just like, help? And I'm like, he's so out of it. It's funny. So. Before that, he actually we get this like clue, by the way, that he does the automatic writing thing, which was interesting. You know, like he's it, automatic oh, writing where your hand moves, but you're not consciously aware of it. And he's not looking at it and he's writing words without looking. You know, it's a lot. Of, so they, they packed a lot of this psychic stuff in there. A lot of these, these, psych, these psychic theories and stuff in his, uh, uh, this program, this movie. Um, and it's a pictogram with directions. And what I love. So Indy's personality comes through because even though he's under duress by the Russians, by the Soviets, sorry, by the Soviets, he's still excited to solve the clue. He gets all excited and it's the puzzle and he just gets caught up in it. And yep. that's who Indy is. He's it's it's always the hunt. The hunt is the most important thing. Solving the puzzle, finding the treasure and, you know, everything else kind of falls away, which kind of explains probably what happened with him and Marion. Right. You know, that everything else falls away and it's his obsession with the hunt uh so I, I thought that was an interesting character moment which is the same personality as his father and the quest for the holy grail right exactly exactly mm -hmm. so uh the next the next big scene is the forest and we have like of course the soviet big Forest destroying tractor machine, yeah. making making a road through the forest because of course that's like the um, big forest destroying machine from Fern Gully. Yes, oh, that's <laughs> that cool. reminded me of that. That's right, and uh, oh, there was another one that was. Oh, I'm trying to think of another one that was like that. Where uh, I just remember like a big a tree eating machine going through the forest, mm. um, and we have another classic big chase that. You know, recalls the big chase scene in Raiders through the desert. You know, you just had to have that. Um, but this one has all kinds of things like sword fights from the, uh, you know, from the backs of two cars like, at each other and, you know, leaping from one to the other, uh, swinging through the vines like with the monkeys, like Tarzan, you know, <laughs> um, just the, the, this crazy series of events until the end where they land on this giant anthill. That was really creepy. Yes. Oh, that was disturbing. Now, I, re yeah, the I remember I was a, a little know-it-all back in 2008 when this came out. And I remember being irked that because, like, I knew what those ants were. 
It's an actual species of ant, the siafu, but they're from Africa, not South America. And I remember oh. being a little know-it-all going, you know, actually, those ants are from Africa. <laughs> it's like, And now I watch it, I'm like, why did I care about that so much? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Hey, do they really... Can they, do they really swarm and eat a man in seconds or minutes? Uh, no, they have been known to kill people in their sleep. Yeah. Oh. I remember seeing a documentary about it on TV, like, you know, because, you know, many people sleep on the ground or on like in, you know, in poor regions in Africa or just on little cots. And they can actually, yeah, go into orifices on your face and suffocate you. But they don't like dissolve your body like yeah. what happens right. in this yeah 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 like yeah, i they... think i sent my son to take a shower because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. trust me son you, you'll be out before they finish eating everybody's <laughs> yeah creepy doctor lady hanging from a branch and they're like forming a ladder to get out oh, her. yeah <laughs> ants ants can do that yeah. they actually can do that they create the you know uh ladders of their bodies to reach other places so uh that well, is not unknown I wanted to ask, how did you like the the scene inside the truck, in the back of the truck? Yes. When they're explaining the whole way. My dad was a, an RAF pilot. He's a war hero. No, honey, Colin was just your stepfather. We started dating. You already threw an Indian. It's like, wait a minute. I introduced you. You married him. <laughs> and they're actually acting like, you know. Indiana's acting like his own father and they're having that, that, you know, where they're kicking the guy at the same time. And all I yeah. can think of is that scene in last crusade where they're tied together in the fireplace. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. And you get my knife, you know, Oh son, I'm so sorry. I dropped it. <laughs> right. And then he's like, then he apologizes for starting the fire. <laughs> that was a great <laughs> he wiggles scene. The knife out of the boot. And yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. That whole scene right there, except for the ends. It's, fun there's banter back and forth you know yep. oh don't be such a child shut up and find something to fight with you know <laughs> the raiders march is playing you've got the whole doo, 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 you know the sword fighting over the vehicle and here's mom driving and she's like you need to repost you need to parry it's just <laughs> yeah. like a sports mom right. you know? yeah. yes, throw yes. strikes it's know? not a match Swing mom <laughs> yes that's you know. right that's right yeah because because a uh, creepy uh creepy doctor lady ha walks around with a sword by the way uh i totally forgot to mention the sword yeah check off sword there uh because so. it's only funny in two places <laughs> yes exactly um so the you know and of course at one point one of the cars goes off a cliff you know i mean this has to there's there's always going to be a giant improbable cliff like where did this cliff come from raiders was the same way like we're driving you know along the the desert we're in the we're in the uh, the desert outside of cairo right and then suddenly there's a giant cliff like where, where did that come from when we traveled through a dimensional gate like where did that and i mean so Again, it's not just Crystal Skull that has these improbabilities. We just kind of, I think, again, I, I think we kind of were harsher on Crystal Skull than we were on the other movies. Um, so they end oh, up... Sorry, three times it dropped? Yes, I was going to say three did, waterfalls. Did either of you ever see Land of the Lost? Yes, yes. Oh, the so old one. Going over. Oh. <laughs> see, I, I only saw the 90s Land of the Lost because that's when I was growing up. I've not okay. seen the original. I, I'm dating us over here. <laughs> the Slee Stacks, Chaka. Oh, I I know all of the. Yeah, I had nightmares about Slee Stacks. Talk about and, and all of this is completely impossible, which is what makes it so campy and fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he still has his hat on. 
Although he does take it off and he like puts it over his heart, like like oh, God bless us, we're going over this. Well, I mean, is it any more improbable than anything you see in any Marvel movie? I mean, of course yes, not. Yeah. Every every James Bond movie is this is just as improbable. And that's the thing is, is it's 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 supposed to be improbable. It's a movie. It's fun. You, you know, people don't try going over waterfalls in floating cars. You're going to die like the, it's just, it's a fun movie. And I think that's one of the things is like we need to. I think as a movie going public, we need to lighten up a bit I about agree. things yeah. and and just enjoy stuff. People need to just enjoy stuff. And so, yeah, it can't be. It's fun. Um, so, yeah, they go over three waterfalls. They go. Uh, and I just I love it. Like, like, oh, we made we survived that waterfall. There's another one. Oh, like, I, just, <laughs> like, like, I love that. That resignedness about it. Um, the resignation. So. The after the last waterfall, they understand they have to go into underneath through the the waterfall, and they see you know murals and drawings on the wall about aliens coming to teach the people five thousand years ago, um, and then we have this Mac trying to reveal that he's a is he a CIA double agent or has he been a KGB stooge all along? And that's that question. I don't think we ever really resolved that, do we? Oh, he clearly says near the end that he was lying about being a double agent. He was, I was trying to tell you that I was a double agent, you know, uh, remember just like when we were in Berlin and then, but, but not here. I think right here, I kept thinking this was national treasure again, you know, the the (laughs) cage, which came out three or four years before this movie. Right. And uh, they're going through it and I'm like, oh, we're in the Incan Mayan temple with the water and the stones. Okay. Uh, but somewhere Mac is greedy and he's motivated by the gold and, you know, and I think it was later he was like, come on. He was like, no, I was lying about this. No, I was lying about that. Right, right, right. So anyway, that was my takeaway. Okay. Yeah. I, I was, I, I was less, I didn't, I didn't get that. It's supposed to, but I might, I might've missed it. So uh, I'm just curious. Um, So while they're in this, underground these caves uh tunnels they we have the the natives show up do do they do they live in the wall like oh yeah do they just hang out inside the walls until people wander by like i i i like like they had to push through the wall like they'd been walled up in the walls and were coming out and i'm like it seems really weird. They also did the Scooby Doo thing where you can see the guy's eyes moving behind the statue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was totally a Scooby Doo thing. Yeah. <laughs> Rutro. Uh, <laughs> and, and the way they got rid of them is it reminded me of again Raiders of the Lost Ark in the beginning when he holds up the idol. Yeah. And they all bow down. Well Yeah, holds up the ox skull. Holds up the skull and they all disappear. Right, right. Uh, and then we have the, um, you know, they go up to the central tower area and they have to, you know, they have the puzzle that they have to solve to get inside and, you know, that sort of thing. That's the thing too uh, exciting there. Classic Zelda um, puzzle. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I was saying in the, in, in my recap. Uh, and then they come to the collection of stuff. Um, there's like this room full of things. National and I'm thinking, treasure. Well, but this stuff, like the aliens were there 5,000 years ago. But there was a lot of stuff that wasn't that old. Like there was clearly stuff from like 
uh, you know, within the last couple thousand years at least, but maybe even earlier than that, I think there might have been some stuff. Uh, were, were the prop guys just not careful? <laughs> or were they, had they been, did the aliens leave not that long ago? I, I thought that was kind of weird. Well, if the aliens came three to 5,000 years ago, but the skull didn't go missing until um, the 1500s, 14 or 1500s, maybe they were amassing, I'll go right to the end. Treasure, knowledge was their treasure. Right. So maybe they'd been collecting knowledge about the earth mm. and this dimension all of this time. And they had collected and amassed it before, uh, what was the guy's name? Or Thank you. Before yeah. he came and, and somebody in that group took one of the skulls or it got knocked off or however. Because once right. you put the skull back, you know, they all went back to a single. That was the really weird part. They all, yeah. there's a circle of 13. And now we've got Dr. Creepy Woman again. And she <laughs> comes and puts the, the skull back on and clink. And all of a sudden the room starts to fall apart and it starts to spin. And all 13 of them blend down together into one being, yeah. which looks a lot like the guy from Close Encounters of the Third Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Roswell Grace. That's what or, it was. Or Gollum. Kind yeah. of had a Gollum look to his face, bit. too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. The... Um, I was going to say the the uh, the 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 room, the spinning room, reminds me a lot of that ride at the amusement park where you get like smushed against the walls, oh, yeah. like, the, like that. That's what I was thinking with that one. So yeah, and you had like this inner sanctum, the thirteen skeletons, interdimensional, um, all. But you had all these like the floor opens up and like the when they unlock the door, like the the big boulders fall to the side and. Like these are all one-time locks. Did you, did you notice that? Like all of these things keeping everything closed, you can only unlock it once. Other, I mean, you, uh, you could try to put the laboriously put the giant st boulder back on top. They'd be really hard to reset the locks or something. I just thought that was very interesting. Um, but it's just it's the normal sort of thing. But yeah, but the aliens are a hive mind, is what uh, is what uh, Doctor Creepy Lady says. Is um, that they're a collective consciousness. And I suppose the, all of 13 of them coming into one is a representation of that, I guess. Um, so that they can appear the way they need to appear in our dimension. I guess. Mm. Yeah. I want to know how, how but, she knew that. Like, is she just guessing? I think it's a psychic thing. I think she kind of like, oh. be, like she had this, the psychic understanding. Um, but she clearly knew more than she was, than she should have or could have. But maybe that was a study, right? That she had been doing for years, right? Because clearly and, she had oh, been seeking this for for many years. She mentioned other crash sites. It wasn't just Roswell in forty seven. There were crash sites somewhere in the Soviet mm. Union, Tunguska, yeah, in the Siberia, and yeah, in Roswell. Yes, yes. Um, there's that. What she, and so her gift that she wants she wants the um to know everything they know which is the which is she this is she wants to eat of the fruit of the garden of uh, you know the garden of eden the fruit of the tree of knowledge right which has been forbidden us and i don't know if spielberg was going for this intentionally but it's this idea is like you know knowledge all the knowledge is you know, in and of itself is not a good thing, knowledge necessarily, you know, and, you know, I, I think it was implied that all that knowledge burned out her brain. 
uh, yeah. I guess. Um, but but I it, wondered that. Yeah. Because, like you said, the eyes burned, but then her body dissolved into the golden flecks and they all went up into the portal. So maybe oh. she got to go to the other dimension. That's the only way she could know everything they know is by being in their dimension. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's possible too. Oh, and we got another iconic line right about here, too. That's, I know. I was about to say that same thing. You go ahead. You go ahead. We get Harrison Ford saying, I have a bad oh, yeah. feeling about this. It was awesome. I cheered yeah. at that one. I cheered. Uh, that that was a great one uh, to, to hear that. Oh, man. Well, this movie was just a lot more fun without yes. having so many expectations. If your only expectation is, man, I hated this movie the first time I saw it. Why would I want to see it again? Going into it without that was, was just fun. Yes, I, <laughs> right, I totally right. agree. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back in time and slap myself upside the head. Relax. Don't worry about all those little details. Yeah. Were the ants from Africa or something? <laughs> 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 I didn't know. <laughs> you know, it's it's kind of interesting that the aliens in turn out to be interdimensional because it's one of the theories. I don't know if you guys have heard of Skinwalker Ranch, but mm. it's one of the uh, f- the famous. Um, uh, unexplained places in it's in Utah and there have been really weird things happening there like you know UFOs and other real weird oddities and one of the theories is that that everything we see as UFOs are not beings from other planets uh but are interdimensional beings because you know we still the speed of light is still the speed of light uh so they're coming through another dimension which maybe there's a gate in you know Skinwalker sorry Skinwalker Ranch but um but I'm mean, interesting that it's interesting that they went with interdimensional beings in this case as as the uh, as the I won't say antagonist because they weren't the enemy they weren't the bad guy the but they were sort of the MacGuffin really yeah if in the end um yeah, so I hadn't thought of that but you're right it didn't turn into the MacGuffin yeah so in the literally at the end we have the scene of Indy and Marion getting married in church. Um, and, uh, we have this line, uh, you know, we hear what God has put together, let no man put asunder. And so, uh, the, the, and, and when that, when we hear that the door blows open, uh, of the, of the church and blows his hat down the aisle. Cause of course he's not wearing the hat in the church. Um, and Mutt picks it up and is about to put it on and then he takes it back. And this clearly, I'm not ready to pass on the legacy to you yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which I think is interesting. So, that was great. It was. And, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. There was one more father son kind of moment that I thought was really funny. Uh, that was after they somehow survived getting pushed up the well with the rising water. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of a ha ha ha. Indiana calls Mutt Junior. Yes. And Mutt turns around and calls him Dad. Yeah. And Ox is surprised. And Indiana laughs and says. Somewhere your grandpa is laughing. <laughs> and I thought, oh, what a great nod. Yeah. Yes, yes, that was good. That was a great moment. I did read that Sean Connery was offered a cameo before they wrote him out, and he wouldn't do it because it was, it added nothing of value to the movie. Yeah. And so that's when they decided um, the actor playing Marcus Brody had already t- passed. So they just kind of put them both together. Right, right. You know, it's it's interesting. At that time, there was a lot of expectation that Shia LaBeouf, who played Mutt, um, was going to become the next Indiana Jones. That they would that they would you know continue the franchise with him in the role. Uh, 
I don't know if I've heard if if they've got him in Indy Five. I, in fact, yeah. I don't know really anything about what's going on with Indy Five, uh, the fifth movie. Any ideas? Have you seen the trailer that came out? There's a little thirty second teaser. Uh, I'm sure I did. I'm sure I saw it once, but uh, it's completely escaping me. What's in it? No, I don't know why they waited so long. 11 years. It was supposed to come out in 2009 or I mean, 2019. Right. Or 2020. And of course, because of the the pandemic, it's been delayed. But I did watch the trailer before I came on. And then there's the Paramount Mountain. Yep. Good. On the map, the map, the way the map is put up. it, it aligns with the the land on the map. Okay. And you've got an old Indiana who looks very uh, scruffy, and he looks like he's living in a very reclusive, snowy place like Grizzly Adams, Alaska, that kind of thing, like on a, a very reclusive. There's bad guys with gold bars and accents, and I'm sure y'all would know who they are, but I don't recognize them from a <laughs> little trailer. And then there's a snippet with um, coordinates. Like, like map coordinates, degrees and minutes and seconds. And if you put it in, um, it is located in the South Pacific and it aligns with the mysterious island. This is going to be Jules Verne, the mysterious Uh, island. Oh, that's interesting. Because then Captain Nemo could potentially be in this movie, too, because he's on Mysterious Island. Wow. I'm not not read Jules Verne, Mysterious Island. So now I really want to go back. So yeah. the cast of that include Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Mads Mikkelsen, Thomas Kreshman, Boyd Holbrook. I don't know those names. Uh, Seanette Renee Wilson, Toby Jones, I know. And oh, Antonio cool. Banderas, mm-hmm. uh, which you have to say like that. It's contractually required. <laughs> Antonio Banderas. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, Interesting. Yeah, and they started they started making, you know, preparing this movie in 2008. But the but the critical, re- you know, reception of Indy 4, I think kind of put the kibosh on it a bit. Mm. And and then you know, uh Harrison Ford was doing other things and Spielberg was doing other things and so uh I think it just got backburnered for so long, but um I want to guess that it was the success of The Return of Star Wars and Harrison Ford's Hence Han Solo return in that. I bet that kind of gave it a little bit of goose and said, you know what, we really, really ought to revive this uh, and, and bring it back. Because that would, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm looking at what what uh, Spielberg was doing in the meantime. So he did Tintin, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, the BFG, which I don't know that anybody who saw that, no. uh, The Post, Ready Player One, West Side Story, and the Fablemans. Uh, that's what he's been doing since since Indiana Jones. Tintin so, is actually I'm, a great quasi Indiana Jones movie, by the way. Oh, it is I, so much like an Indiana Jones movie, just animated. It It's great. Yeah. If, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact is, I've seen one of those. <laughs> I, I should have seen more. Like, I think I would probably like Bridge of Spies and Lincoln. Um but I saw Ready Player One. Um, I I should watch West Side Story. My my wife watched it with the, my daughters while I was away. Uh, so I, if I, if I the, a lot of times I don't watch them with my wife, I don't end up watching them. It's like oh, I'm not going to just sit down and watch it. But uh, I really ought to go back and watch that because I love West Side Story. I was in West Side Story in high school. Oh, so cool. I I was a jerk. 
so uh, and oh, uh, that'll be fun trivia for for some time down the road. <laughs> yes, I even choreographed a fight scene with my buddy who was a jet, and we we had a great fight. Like it, it, he threw me through the air, and I could hear my mom from the audience going, "That's my son." Uh, so. <laughs> One of my favorite memories. Uh, so we're kind of getting far afield from from this movie. But I, you know, on the whole, it sounds like and I don't want to speak for anybody, but it sounds like we all kind of had more fun with this movie since the first time we saw it. Mm-hmm. Is there is there any depth to this movie? Do, do, you know, Is there more to what's going on in this movie than just popcorn, campy adventure fair? I mean, I feel like there's a lot there's a lot about family in this and Spielberg movies are always about family and a father and a son and, and frankly, a husband and wife. Eventually Um, I felt like that was an important part of it. What do you all think of this movie in total uh, Shelley? Well, I was listening back to some of our earlier podcasts and there were a couple of things we said there. One was that, you know, Indiana never comes away with the treasure that he's after. Right, And so I got to thinking about that. What does he come away with? In Raiders, he comes away with a relationship with Marion. In Temple, he comes away with the village kids who are enslaved. Mm. In Crusade, he comes away with a relationship with his father. Yep. And in this movie, he comes away with a family, a wife and a son. Mm. Like he comes around full circle. Um, in Raiders, I think Ravenwood sort of was that quasi not really present father's figure. We didn't really have a father figure there. But yeah. in Temple, Indiana was clearly a father figure to short round. Yeah. Yes. And then Crusade, I mean the whole thing is a father-son relationship. And that was huge. I think that's why that movie is considered I know it's debatable and Mac Marin is gonna be like, oh, did you say that? <laughs> you know, but I that's what I think that's my best. favorite movie. It was the right? best. Yeah. But in this movie he discovers his son. So the roles are reversed and, and that marriage at the end, it's, it felt very final. Like I didn't need another Indiana Jones movie. It felt like he finally found the treasure he was seeking. Right. So what is, yeah. What is the next movie going to be the treasure that he really finds? That'll be the question. Um, as you were saying that he, this one, he came out with a family and I was thinking to myself in the end, it was about the family we found along the way. Uh, you know, just like to that meme. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned short round. I saw a great picture recently of uh, of Harrison Ford and Jonathan K. Kwan, who played short round, who's now an adult, seeing each other for the first time, like in 35 years, because uh, uh, Jonathan uh, was in a was recently in everything, all everything, all always all at once i forget what the name of the movie was everything everywhere all at once i think is the name of it um and that which was kind of big lately and they met at a premiere or something like that but uh it was a really great picture of of seeing them together but you're right i think this indiana jones is essentially it's it's an adventure story but it, the essence of the character is he 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 never really quite succeeds he he gets beat up <laughs> I mean, he's like, uh, you know, in 24, you get Jack Bauer, you know, all these great characters. They 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 are. What's interesting is not that, that they win all the time. It's that they persevere and they may not always get or they almost never get what they're looking for. But in the end, they get what what's really valuable. And I, I really like that about about these movies. And I hope that's what we get out of the the fifth movie. Uh uh, uh, Thomas, what about your uh, uh, final thoughts on this movie? 
Yeah, I, I agree pretty much with everything you guys have just said. Um, I was really surprised how much I liked it, because like at the last minute when I was going to rewatch it, I started dreading, like, am I really going to hate this? But like, no, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoy it. it. It's a fun ride. Um, Shia LaBeouf is is actually a thousand times better than some of the other movies he was in at around this same time, like the Transformers movies and stuff oh, yeah. like that, which, which I, I feel is less his fault and more of like the atrocious writing in those movies but he's he's a thousand times better than this i love all the stuff with family i love the kinetic the 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 final two-thirds of the movie is almost like one giant action sequence it you know it 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 doesn't let up i just i i I think it's a great entry in the series i like it more than temple of doom I, i i know there are some hardcore temple of doom fans out there i am not one of them and so right. I, I was yeah. actually surprised to say, like, yeah, I, I enjoy this more of temp, more than Temple of Doom. Not as much as the other two, obviously, but I, I think it's definitely a decent entry in the series. And I kind of agree. They could have ended it here. And I, I really hope they don't do anything to kind of undo what they establish in this movie or turn Indy into some kind of old man Logan kind of grizzled you know, cynical character in, in the next movie that that would not be right. something I would be in for. But yeah, I, no. I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to the next movie, but there's also a little bit of trepidation there. Shelley, did you get a sense watching the trailer of what time period that movie was going to be set in? No, I'm sorry, I didn't. But when you were talking just there, Tom, I got the feeling that uh, the only thing they showed of would have been a sneak peek of him in the first, you know, minute and 30 seconds of the film, which is kind of like Luke Skywalker being a recluse, a hermit, you know, oh, something's happened and I've pulled myself away from society and I, I can right. only trust myself and live here. And then this, all this other stuff was happening. And I'm wondering if he's going to have to come out of retirement to lend his knowledge and, you know, mm. maybe seven hundred languages. <laughs> One last ride. One last ride. Of. I, the reason I asked the time period is, is I wonder if Indiana Jones again works as well in say late sixties, early seventies as he does, you know, like 1957 was pushing it. You know, I felt like it was pushing it. He's really a character of that golden age of film in the, you know, of the thirties and forties. Um, you know, what, what style will they go for? You know, the late sixties and early seventies, you know, they do like a, early 70s heist movie yeah like there's, like there's the original oceans 11 with a lot of yeah. gold in it gold bars just lines and lines of gold bars in that in that uh trailer and the bad guys were you know in ski masks and that so maybe it's something like that like the heist maybe even like a bond movie that would be i was thinking that yeah Ooh. yeah that would be cool. That would be kind of an interesting. Yeah. So the, it's not being directed by um, Spielberg, by the way. It's uh, Mangold is the uh, director for the uh, the uh, the new movie. What else well, has he, he done? He know? did Logan, right? I think he did Logan. Speaking of Logan, yeah. so he's specializing yeah. in uh, the uh, the <laughs> the old man series. Uh, <laughs> let, me pull it, pull, let me pull that up again. Um, uh, yeah, so Indiana Jones fifth film. The untitled, it's still untitled, which is interesting. Yeah, James Mangold, who was also one of the scriptwriters, and he has done um 
Logan, Greatest Showman, Ford versus Ferrari, Call of the Wild, uh, Wolverine. Uh, he, uh, the Greatest Showman, he was uh, executive producer. He didn't write it. Uh, and he uh, was a producer on Call of the Wild. He didn't do anything else on that. But um, he directed Wolverine, Night and Day, which was a kind of a fun movie. Tom Selleck and, uh, and Cameron Diaz running around Boston. I, I remember that. Uh, 310 to Yuma. He, he walked the line. That was the Johnny Cash movie. Uh, Identity, Kate and Leopold. So he's I got. That I didn't know who he was. But yeah. I know all these movies. <laughs> so he's done. He's done a variety of things and all all movies that could have connections to an Indiana Jones style movie. So um, and I am seeing Shia LaBeouf on the cast. Oh, interesting. Because if he's his son, he's got a like even if he's just a cameo appearance, you know, they got to reference them anyway. That's interesting. Um. All right. Anyway, that's uh, well, when when that comes out, which is uh, looks like June 30th, the 2023, we will be doing another podcast of this episode of this another episode of this podcast on that movie to complete our Indiana Jones uh, 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 walkthrough. It's not even a trilogy anymore. It's not a quadrilogy. Uh, no, it's just the Indiana Jones cinematic universe. Let's we'll call it. And, uh, uh, you know, well, actually this is the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, but we'll, we won't talk about that yet. So anyway, I think we should wrap things up there. We want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of movies and TV shows, including this was not planned, by the way, Harrison B. Dina C., George H, Marin P, and Jonathan B. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of movies and TV shows and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And so that's it from us. We would love to think uh, to hear what you think of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which you can do by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash secrets at the StarQuest Facebook page. You can send an email to secrets at sqpn.com or at the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. Until next time, Thomas Salerno, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Thanks so much, Dom. Shelly Kelly, thank you as well. Oh, I had a lot of fun. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of movies and TV shows on StarQuest. Quest.